0: Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and t- today my guest is Alan Bowers, who's an Alexander Technique teacher in New York City. He lives on the lives and teaches on the Upper West Side. He, for many many years, he's been a a singer and a teacher of singing, and more recently he's trained to be to become an Alexander teacher. This is actually our second interview. And we talked earlier about the role of the Alexander Technique in helping singers and a bit about how Alan works with singers. And today we're going to expand on a couple of the concepts that he introduced in the first interview. one of them he refers to as beating the drum, and he's going to explain that to you all in a minute. And the second, resisting exhalation, or as a way of conserving air. He's going to explain that as well.
1: Alan, thanks for being on the show again. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Robert. And I um, love to talk about singing, and I'm always making new discoveries about uh, about the breath, And uh, I'd like to begin by telling you something that happened uh, out in Chicago a couple of years back. Every year, I have the opportunity of going to Chicago to visit one of the great collections of mechanical musical instruments. And one of those uh, instruments is a great theater organ, now rebuilt and housed in a specially built auditorium. And believe it or not, it's in a residence. Every time I go there, I go backstage to visit the wind chest of the organ, the wind chest of the organ, its lungs. The wind chest now is a bellows, a flexible leather chest that fills a small room and provides a stream of air to the pipes. When the wind chest is in action, you can feel the thing long before you see it. The whole backstage area, the floors, the ceilings, vibrate with its action. You're entering or nearing the lungs of a great voice, of a great organ. Air enters the wind chest and it flows out to the pipes. It flexes and breathes. And I see in this action a metaphor. You must have seen this coming. Mm -hmm. A metaphor for singing. And I would call this metaphor... Steadiness produced by unsteadiness. Steadiness produced by unsteadiness, by two competing forces, first one winning and then the other. In the old Italian school of singing, this metaphor was expressed uh, as a principle. And this principle is called le lute vocale. Le lute vocale. And what the heck does that mean? Uh, Does it mean production, placement or projection? These famous three P's of vocal pedagogy, production, placement, projection? No. Does it mean relaxation? No. Le lute vocale means, and I'm translating loosely, the vocal struggle. This is something that we hear little of today. We hear a lot about relaxation, but we hear little about the vocal struggle. Now we 'll we'll call this opposition, but le lute vocale, the vocal struggle, takes place between two types of phonation, both equally bad. One of those states is produced by collapse, and it's called breathy phonation, and according to some, breathy phonation is the worst vocal fault possible. The other state we call pressed. It's produced by a state of extreme rigor. Um, I'm going to demonstrate uh, all three of those uh, for you in just a moment. But again, we're talking about le lute vocale, which is the sweet spot between the opposing elements of inspiration and expiration. Here is uh, my best attempt to demonstrate that today. I'll do a series of vowels from e, as in the to A as in padre. So these vowels, i, 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 e, a, a, a. And I get to this high vowel, padre, dove. So i, i, e. That's le lute vocale. Now, le lute vocale, again, is the sweet spot between pressed and breathy. Here's the breathy. Now, after doing that, I'm not feeling so good. I might be about ready to cough and my throat seems a bit rough. This is the thing that the vocal folds really don't like. They don't like to have air blown across them. By design... They they want to keep things coming in from above, keep liquid and solids from entering the lungs. And anatomically, the vocal folds are the watchdogs of the lungs. Breathy phonation is a violation of their function. So how are we doing here, Robert? You're you're still there. I'm still here. Um, All right.
0: I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the, the... I'm waiting to hear how the Alexander Technique is going to apply to this. But All
1: right. Well, one more. Uh, this is pressed phonation. E, e, e. I don't do, need to do any more of the, of that. And this one is all too easy to do. All you have to do is tank up and hold, resist forcefully the gesture of exhalation, and there you have it. So back to the equilibrium, le lute vocale. E. So, it's that balance of the inspiratory and expiratory. Um, I do have a procedure we can get to, but just a word, uh, a few more words before that, about the balance between the inspiratory and the expiratory. The expiratory has all the advantages. Uh, As we are filled, muscles that have contracted during inhalation want to return to their lengthened state. We want to exhale. The springiness of air molecules pounds against the lungs. We want to equalize pressure and again we want to exhale. Against all this, the inspiratory, the breath, the in-breath, must be brought into balance, but without rigidity. So that's the, um, the, the issue. And here's a, a procedure that everyone will, will likely recognize, uh, a procedure for maintaining the balance between the inspiratory and the expiratory. We can stand or lie in semi-supine with our backs having the support of the table or of the air behind us in standing. Back is lengthening and widening into the support, and you receive the support without leaning back. Back stays back. The neck frees, and the neck stays back as the head goes forward and up, not in space, from but within itself. Now, <clears throat> with head going forward and up, and with heel moving away from head, one corresponds to the other. Say on one pulse, stop stop say it loudly acutely strum the body and then note what has happened if when you say on one pulse if the abdominal wall pulses out and returns if the li- ribs lift open and return if the back lengthens and widens you have done well and you have experienced your voice in a new way you have beaten the drum Fee. fee fi 4 fum C So that's what I call beating the drum. It's not playing the voice any more than you would play the strings of a guitar. You strum them. You have this continuing activity, not once, but perhaps ten times per second. This, these pulsations of resistance. So we come now to beating the drum. A novice um, asked an ancient Zen master, Kasan, a series of questions. To each question, his answer or his action was to imitate the beating of a drum. Dong, dong, doko, dong. To every question, he responded in this same way. Dong, dong, doko, dong. Now I'll freely paraphrase, paraphrase the uh, questions that he was asked. Robert, mm-hmm. um, I'm looking for these questions. Um, I'm paraphrasing. What is true singing? He asked, or was asked. His response: "He, bo, dong." He beating the drum. What is the true teaching of the masters? Again. Beating the drum. What do we say to the idea of no support, no production? Oh, beat the drum. Now, this beating of the drum, this pulsation, rides on one neurological pulse, just one pulse, and by its very nature, it is self-continuing until met by the limits of muscles to, to uh, move. So, beating the drum, one pulse. Um, Look at the way we um, beat a drum. Uh, We don't guide the hand. We don't guide the arm. We do not control it. Now, this type of movement, which rides one ballistic pulse, one pulse is called ballistic movement. This is an an element of, of music psychology. And this ballistic movement, this beating the drum, this lute vocale, is an important part of every athletic skill, including singing. There was a great pitcher for the New York Mets, uh, whose name was Dwight Gooden, and he won every opening game for a long period of time with the Mets. Finally, he lost his first opening game And he was asked, what happened, Mr. Gooden? And Dwight Gooden said, I was trying to aim the ball. I would say that every vocal fault that any human being has ever had comes from the attempt to aim pitch, to guide pitch. So our only duty to to pitch is to hear it and to beat the drum The hearing of the pitch and the vowel tunes the mechanism, and in beating the drum, we play it. So rather than support, which is to apply a rigid structure to an unsteady, we learn to cherish buoyancy, again, unsteadiness within steadiness. We have to put ourselves in play, and that word play uh, is a really interesting one because play as you may know robert means an ability to alternate easily between opposing forces it's the very nature of the universe and of singing too so is there anything i can uh, elaborate on here robert make clearer well you know i'm
0: i'm i'm um, not a singer myself and so I guess the question I would have which prob- might be the wrong question but maybe you could give the right answer is let's say I'm singing a note how do I do I uh, bring bring about the, that process that you're talking about is it simply my intent to, I, I'm not sure I, I can, I know what to do at this point as someone okay. who, who's not a trained singer for sure.
1: Well, out, the, the outward pulse, the outward movement of the abdominal wall, of the thorax, needs to be nurtured with the in. We need in and out at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. We need that, really that combat, that struggle between the two. So we breathe and expand and then, like that that, that wind chest, we have pulsations of, of in and out that, that alternate. So if I'm uh, going to do it uh, breathily, it might, this song, uh, a, a folk song, an Appalachian folk song might be, well, I'm not going to do it breathily. But if I say Fi, ka. Then all I have to do is keep that going, keep that outward pulse balanced against the inward, and it would be, might be, oh, guide me, oh, thou great Jehovah. Fi. Oh. Pilgrim through. so as i do this i'm i'm exhaling and then i'm resisting the ex the the i'm inhaling and resisting exhalation but not steadily uh in my whole body i feel this these pulsations it's buoyancy it's unsteady and it is anything but but supported it's the it's living uh between these two forces on the cusp of them and it is not supported but it is rather vulnerable it's to let ourselves be played and so uh a machine gun fire as it were e of these outward pulses to balance the 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 power of the exhal- exhalation force um so it's just to take one of these stop fee and then do it about 10 times per second and that's the best i can explain it in the moment
0: mhm
1: so uh, is the idea that
0: you would use those sounds and in the way that you indicated, and then um, move into, from that, move into the actual singing that you're going to do. That exactly. Your, your body will have will have a, learned a certain way of breathing slash singing and that will then carry over into what well, I guess we could call real, quote, quote, real, unquote,
1: singing? Is that is that what i I'm... and I think so, Robert, and you bring up a, a wonderful point. I believe that the best use of this is as an inhibitory act. Rather than yielding to all the habits of the exhalation, of the out, we pulse outwardly and inhibit all the habit that we have in holding back the breath or of putting it out, so I think that the beauty of it is that it comes between us and the habit in a moment. It gives us a new um, uh, idea of what we do, how we maintain, how we stay back.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: is that conscious, uh, say,
0: well, that pulsing on the out-breath with the particular sounds that you've uh, used, that would be kind of setting up the body for then... In a sense, knowing how to do that with the singing you're planning to do next. Would that be a good way to phrase it, or is there an, am, I, am I missing something here? Hello. Knowing how. Yeah. Oh, sorry, we got cut off there for a second. So, just that last question—that is—is um, is that a prepared? Are you sure you didn't
1: censor something that I said?
0: No, not at all. <laughs> no Skype uh, misbehaved slightly, but so that pulsing is a is a preparatory act.
1: It is, and mm-hmm. also one has the feeling of those pulses, ten per second. Say, I'm I'm just making that up, mm-hmm. but uh, of con- of continuing to to pulse out and in at the same time. Somebody uh, has called this uh, action that of suppressed laughter. If I'm going uh, to resist just laughing completely outwardly, it's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the the now as I do that, my abdominal wall is pulsing um, out and in, out and in, and so its singing is more like laughter than I can ever uh, emphasize. But if I if I can laugh and let that sound well up. And and be suppressed at the same time. (laughs) Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. (laughs) So I just keep that laughing, that in and out at the same time. And I believe... uh, along with Birgit Nielsen, who is 10 times more famous than I would ever be, she said that support is a secret. When I heard that, I thought, wow, that's some secret. Everybody knows what support is. But later I I reasoned that if it's a secret, and I believe that it is with her, then that which we generally call support and commonly call support is not support. So I believe that, that the idea of support, and I wouldn't even call it that. I would call it the appoggia, the opposition, the luta vocale, the, the laugh, the uh, beating the drum is, is continuous going on all the time. And I lost my train of thought there. Yes, so that, that support is a secret that all of us have to discover for ourselves. And to do that, we have to cherish unsteadiness within steadiness, buoyancy. We have to put ourselves in play. So um, this uh, subject excites me to, to no end and a little bit frustrating because I can't at this time express it any any better. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's worth a lot of, of, of thought, a lot of study uh, for every singer.
0: And it sounds to me like it would be pretty useful in a lot of other activities as well. Um, I would uh, think any activity where you have to breathe,
1: right? Any athletic activity, ballistic, um, right, um, right. And, yeah. And um, boy, this is going to sound like every other uh, teacher, but I, I have, I have uh, on the on the on the table and and upright with people with the most. <clears throat> profound vocal problems as as little as an, uh, an hour and a half ago just uh, in the moment for a moment restored what what would seem to be a ruined voice just by inhibiting everything that they do and getting them to pulse out just once fee <clears throat> and that brings a, a a deeper resonance it's really quite remarkable and I would advocate it for every teacher of the Alexander technique. Although my approach today has been that of a, uh, a teacher of singing and of the Alexander technique. Um, now I have to mention that um, Pedro Del Cantara um, had an article ab- uh, uh, about um, the martial arts, and uh, in the 2008 um, issue of, of AMSAT, and he advocated. Uh, as well, and I have to say that we came to this uh, independently, um, saying this word, stop! Um, uh, So, just this outward pulse, ballistic movement, uh, at the very least, is a beautiful inhibitory um, act. Hmm.
0: Well, here's my thought. Um, Maybe this would be a good place to end the interview, but maybe what? we should, well. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> But I think it would be pretty interesting to invite questions um, that, if anyone has, that might lead us to yet another follow-up interview down the road. All right. How does that uh, sound to you? You would be the one getting the questions. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd be delighted. To do that, because um, I think I mean I, here's my my sense as a non-singer. I I almost feel like I'm not the best person to ask the right questions.
1: Well, I I don't uh, think that's true, Robert, because um, your questions just led me uh, right through some uh, points that I was afraid I wasn't going to make. So I thought that um, uh, on air or off. I thought the questions were brilliant and uh, so helpful. Well, so it really uh, guided me. So I'd love love more um so and, why uh, don't
0: why don't we leave it that if if you've if having listened to this and the earlier podcast and they'll both be put up at the same time if you have any specific questions uh, particularly in terms I guess we could say of how to do it how to accomplish the things that you're you've been talking about uh, if listeners would send them to Alan, and we'll have a, a website link next to both interviews. And then, if we come up with some a, a number of questions that all seem to be pointing in the same direction, or then we can uh, we can do an interview where you answer those questions directly.
1: That would be great. So we we'll, yeah go ahead. Um, uh, I'll echo again uh, Pedro D'Alcantara, who says that everything that you can say as an Alexander technique or a, a teacher of singing has its risks. So here's how one can use the exercises I, I've, I've advocated. Um, first of all, you, uh, I'll just be brief here. You create uh, a little test for yourself. You sing um, uh, a little, a little uh, phrase of a song. And then you stop, and then you lengthen, widen, head forward and up, heel to the ground, then you go, hee, and then you stop. You don't do it again, but then you go back to the phrase that you just sang before, and you test it. If it's better, don't do anything more.
0: Mm-hmm. If it's
1: worse, don't do anything more. Just leave it. Uh, alone and come back to it. So you're using these ideas uh, judiciously and also uh, as a uh, with a little control of testing what was before, do the exercise, what comes after and then forget about the whole thing.
0: Mm -hmm. Well I think that's a very good approach. That's basically how, certainly how I teach the Alexander Technique. I I have people do experiments all the time and see what see what happens. Uh, so exactly. So you're it, okay. Well, I think that we're going to invite questions and comments, and hopefully have at least one more follow-up interview on this topic. So my guest today has been Alan Bowers, who's singer, singing teacher, and Alexander technique teacher in uh, the up on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, New York City. And, Alan, thank you so much for being on the show a second time. Dang! Dang! <laughs> doko! Dang! Beat the drum, Robert. I'll, I'll be sure to do that. It's, it's a little tough, I think, to beat the <laughs> drum uh, when I'm singing the stuff I typically sing,
1: which is but I see
0: country music, Hank Williams, that kind of thing. <laughs> but, you know, it's possible. Anyway, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Great time, Robert.